are now tuning in to the Mind Body Podcast, where you will go behind the scenes of how the mind of successful entrepreneurs, experts, and true leaders really works. Here you won't just listen, you will understand the guiding principles to create massive change in any area of your life. And of course, this podcast is hosted by the strong, lovely, with the sexy Jewish accent, Lidor Dayan. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Mind Body Podcast. I'm your host, Lidor Dayan. And today, I have a special guest, like I always do, of course. So, he is the CEO of Fit Body Bootcamp and the hidden genius behind many of top earning trainers. And also, he hosts the biggest fitness business seminar in the world, Fitness Business Summit. He is Bedrus Kulian. So, without further ado, let's begin the interview. Hello, Bedrus. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm very good. Thank you. First of all, thank you very much for your time being in my podcast. I'm really honored. My pleasure. So, I would like you to start by introducing yourself. And for those people that don't really know who is Bedros Kulian is, so please. Sure. Well, my name is Bedros Kulian, and I always call myself the Immigrant Edge and the American Dream. And the reason for that is I come from a communist country. I was six years old when we came to the United States in 1980. And really, my father taught us that as long as we add value to people's lives, that we can do anything we want in this country and become anything we want. And so I've always been the service-minded individual from, from a child. And so I like to serve. I'm service-driven. All of my products and companies excel where service is related. And it's really tr- treated me well because today we've got multiple seven-figure, eight-figure companies that, um, that I've started. And I am the American dream. And I, it all started from coming from a communist country, being broke, not having money, not understanding the language. And just working hard and serving, and true enough, you are able to succeed. Do you think that uh, all those moments in your life, all those hardships, uh, this is what we all need in order to get to the next level? 100%. I think that we are not capable of getting to the next level without hardships. So that's a great question you're asking, and here's why. Most people who work out understand that when you work out you have to put your body against resistance you whether you're curling dumbbells or you're bench pressing or you're squatting you're really putting your body against resistance and the more resistance you put your body against the better results you get you build more muscle you begin to burn more fat etc so without hardships and resistance there is no greater level of success that isn't just left for the gym That applies in your personal life, in your financial life. That applies to your, in fact, that applies to your business as well. And so, really, the more hardships that we go through, the better we are on the other side of it. Once we are past the hardships, we can achieve success and happiness and, and greatness. Because, like, most people, what's made them really uh, not achieve what they want is, uh, is fear, right? And for many people, it's a fear of money. It's like an illusion in our mind that we, somebody is sticking a, a gun into your head. And if you don't have money and you, you end up broke, you feel like you lost your life. So how can you really make that shift in your mind 
from all these skirts that he's thinking and really doesn't let anything uh, that happened in your life to control you? That's a really good question. So what you're asking me is how can you make this shift mentally so that you're no longer thinking with that scarcity mindset mm-hmm. and that you no longer have this fear of money, correct? Yes. And my answer to all my coaching clients when they come to me first and say, look, I want to be successful. I want to make lots of money. I want to help lots of people. But here's what usually happens. It's I have a fear of losing it all and I have a bad association with money. Now, most people don't come to me with that knowledge. I'm able to dig it out of them and see that they have this almost, I call it an allergy. I go, are you allergic to money? They go, no, why would you say that? I said, well, the way you're operating, every time I give you marching orders that are going to produce money, you find a way to sabotage yourself. But when I give you marching orders to create knowledge or content, you do that just fine. And so the real secret here is to reframe it. And a mental reframe is simply this, to reprogram the way you think about money and success. So I look at money as a point system. The more money I have, the more points I have. I look at it as a, as a game almost. And so if you look at it that way, Well, the more money I have, the more impact I've made in people's lives. The more money I have, the more charities I can help. The more money I have, the more freedom me and my family will have. And so if I look at money as a vehicle to freedom and happiness and not necessarily of something that I could either gain or lose, and if I lose it, then I'm a failure, then all of a sudden you realize, oh, the more value I can add to the world, the more money I'll make, and I'm happy about making money because that's the barometer of how I measure my success and my influence and my impact on the world. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe we, we all have like the same mind about our mind is uh, made up to make us survive and uh, it will do whatever to make us uh, live in that comfort. So from my experience, I'm here like in USA for five months. I, I came here alone to really push myself. And I know that in order to achieve big, I need to put myself in a must, uh, in a must thing. Like, okay, now I'm going to another apartment. I need to pay more. So now it's a must. I need to, to make more money. So if you don't make things a must in your life, you will always make a story in your head of why you, it's not a good time to do it, right? That's exactly it. And you nailed it. Because when something becomes a must, and not just a, a want, then you will take action. And that comes from when we were cavemen. You think about our reptilian mind. When we were hungry, our mind said, I must eat. Not I want to eat or eating would be a good idea. Yes. I must eat to survive. And soon as something becomes a must in your life, you begin to take greater actions to fulfill the outcome. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like a couple of years ago, uh, I started to really watch your stuff. Okay, and I really loved your stuff, but like, just like Tony Robbins said, uh, knowledge w- without the right state is not enough. Because in that time I was living with my parents, so even if you had all the good information that uh, could really help me, it, I wasn't in the right state for, for really take that. So, oh man, that's so important. You know, there's a great story that I can, I can share with you about that. You've probably heard it before, but it's great for your audience as well. And the story goes like this, because it really talks about the state of mind. Mm-hmm. If, like you said, if you're not in the right state of mind, any kind of knowledge you get is useless. If you're in the right state of mind, even the smallest bit of wisdom becomes immensely valuable. And so the story is that there's a shoe company, and the shoe company sends a salesman to a very remote island. 
And these islanders, um, you know, have you know grass skirts and they're running around barefoot. And the salesman calls the corporate office back. He finds a phone and he calls the corporate office. He says, "You have to bring me back. These are all these islanders, and they don't wear shoes and they run around barefoot. They're not going to buy shoes. Send me back." So the corporate office brings him back because he was in the wrong state of mind. And you'll see how in a moment. They send another salesman over to the same island. Now he's in the right state of mind, and he looks around and he goes, "Holy shit! Everybody here needs shoes. Send me all the shoes you have in the warehouse because I'm going to sell everybody here shoes." And that is the difference. If you're in the right state of mind, you see opportunity. If you're in a in a failure or scarcity state of mind, then you see you see well doubt. You see fear. You see a negative outcome, and that's really the difference: is the state of mind. Yes, yes, you're you're absolutely right. Like I I totally understand it because it was all about the mindset. I thought about if I come into USA, everything changed. But as long as the mindset is not changing, you nothing will ever change. You gotta change your mindset about stuff, about your belief system, and until this this is not changing, nothing will ever change. Yep. So I want to go back a little bit for your story when you you came here to to America and you probably had some hard time like myself with the language. So um, how was it like at the beginning? It was uh, it was pretty tough, man. When you first when we first came to America, it was 1980. I was six years old, family of five, older brother, older sister. I was the baby, and things were so rough that my mom and dad each had two or three jobs. My brother and sister each had two or three jobs. And these are kind of jobs that paid a lot of money. They paid maybe two to three dollars per hour at the time, wow. which was well below minimum wage. And so I remember my dad washed dishes in a pizzeria. He delivered newspapers in the middle of the night. And then early in the mornings, he pumped gas at a gas station. And those were the types of jobs they had. And that was all we could do. So we moved around a lot from different apartments. I went to many different schools. By the time I could make friends, we were moving again. And so I really never had a, a really a great opportunity to, to make friends and build relationships. And my job was to dump, jump into dumpsters in the back of grocery stores and get food out that was thrown away. It was expired, but it wasn't necessarily rotten, or maybe it was just a little bit moldy. But that's the kind of life that we had to live. And people say, man, I really feel sorry for you. I feel bad for you, Bedros, that you had to learn the language, that you had to eat you know, old and moldy and expired food. I said, no, 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 I don't feel sorry because I look at that as an advantage. And again, it's about that reframe that we talked about. See, I look at it as I've gone through so much adversity and challenges that in business now or in my workouts, when I hit a rut or a plateau, I break right through it because I know that I can overcome anything because I've already overcome a lot of things. And so the moment you can start looking at adversity as an advantage, you have won. And there was any moment in your life that made you the shift? Like we all have been moments in our life that uh, really you, you, you had it. You like say, okay, enough is enough. I, I, I know that I can do more with my life. Uh, although everything around me doesn't look this way. So was it a moment in your life that everything shifted from you, a book or something? You know, I wish I could say it was a moment where I had this big shift. For me, it was more of a over time that this happened. 
Um, and it was just by running into the right people because I was that guy that would come up with excuses where, man, I don't want to have a job as a fry cook. I don't want to be a bouncer at a bar. I just want to be a personal trainer, but I, I can't open up my own gym because it takes money to make money. And I would come up with excuses like that. It takes money to make money or I don't have a college education and without a college education. So I was the excuse guy. Mm -hmm. And over my life, when I would make those excuses to people, because people would say, well, what do you want to do with your life? I go, I want to open up a gym. I want to be a personal trainer and full-time, you know, run my gym. Why don't you? Well, I need money. I need money to do this. Without money, I can't do this. And most people would accept that. But every now and again, I would, I would say that to an entrepreneur and they would say, you know what? That's an excuse. You can do these things that you want without money. You can train people in a park, for example. You can ask them for referrals so you don't have to run, you know, make postcards and send things through the mail for advertising. The reality is you're not taking the action steps. You're just making excuses. So for me, it wasn't a instant moment. It was a journey over time where enough people, mentors now, called me on my bullshit and turned me into a professional. Yeah, the, you're absolutely right. And lately I was uh, listening to your podcast, at, uh, the Vision Board podcast, and yeah. you talked a little bit about marketing there, and you said that uh, Facebook Live is the, the next thing. So I tried to, to take it to an, a, a new level. So what I did is I did a week uh, every day uh, for one hour Facebook Live that I did presentations. So it's you. about seven, seven hours, but, but still uh, uh, was something missing with uh, traffic. And I see a lot of people get a little bit uh, trouble with uh, getting more traffic to, to their uh, brands. So what would you suggest to people? Okay, so that's a good question. You know, so you heard me on a different podcast where I talked about Facebook Lives are so powerful in building your brand, your influence, your business. And so good for you. You took action. You did seven podcast or seven live casts on Facebook in a row, seven mm -hmm. hours, right? Yeah. And really, you said the biggest challenge was getting the eyeballs on your videos. And here's here's the best advice I can give you where that's concerned. For one, you need to do more than just seven hours. And so right now, I don't know if you know this, but we're actually broadcasting live. I've got a camera. Uh, my iPhone is hanging up on this piece of glass in front of me. And if you go to my fan page or my uh, my my Facebook profile, you'll see that we're broadcasting live. Oh, really? I, and I've already done another hour before. So I want you to get something like this that you're and this is my other iPhone. I have many iPhones and because I put them everywhere. But you get something like this. And right now you should be broadcasting this interview with me ah, on okay. your fan page, on your mm -hmm. personal page. I never thought and about I, it this way. Yeah. Yeah, well, this is why I want to coach you. And so even though you're interviewing me, I, I, let me just help coach you in your world because it's a game of repetition. If you just do five, six, 10, 20 live casts and go away, no one's going to follow you. But if you keep doing two, three, four a day, like this is my second one today, and I'm going to do one more later this evening. So instead of doing seven in one week, I do three a day, mm -hmm. each one for an hour or so. And before I know it, I have followers and they tell more people and they share it. You guys better share it, by the way. They, I'm telling, talking to the camera. They share it. They give me the likes and the loves and the comments. And before you know it, my audience grows. So it's yeah. not an overnight thing, but it's a repetition thing. Just like your muscles grow over time with repetition, mm -hmm. same with the live cast. And so, you know, you can get the sticky thing like I have with my camera on there. Or you can get a tripod like this and, 
and put your camera on there. Sometimes I'm broadcasting live on Instagram and on Facebook. And I want you to get into the habit of doing that. And through repetition, you will build a massive audience that you're helping in so many ways. Do you think but that you need to focus on maybe two or three things? Because uh, there, are, there are so many different things that you can do. Like I do YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, everything, everything, everything. And you're, you're like, if you do too much, you're like, oh, where do, where do I do? What do I do now? Right? So... Yeah. Would you suggest to focus on maybe one, two, three things? Yes, absolutely. You know, if you try and do everything, because there's Snapchat, there's Instagram, there's Facebook, there's Twitter, right? There's so many things that you can follow. There's YouTube videos. You know, you, I'm sure you know Elliot Hulse, right? Yeah. Have you heard of Elliot yeah, Hulse? Yeah, yes, of course. Okay, of course. Who hasn't? So he's a, he's a good friend, a client of mine, and, and he just, he dominated YouTube. He stuck to YouTube, he created the Yo Elliot Show, and he dominated YouTube. There's people who just dominate Instagram. Now, my big thing is Facebook. I will dominate Facebook, and I, now I'm just starting with, with, uh, with uh, Instagram. I did YouTube, I got good at YouTube, now I do YouTube and Facebook. Now I got good at YouTube and Facebook, now I'm adding Instagram to it. But focus on one thing mm -hmm. and dominate it. Become the guy in your space at that one thing and you will have an audience. If you try to spread yourself thin to every different network and channel, you're going to run out of content and you're going to run out of steam. And what if you have this... Uh, you, you really want to focus on something, but you want to focus on both languages. Like for myself, I talk Hebrew and my audience is Israelis and my heart is with my country. I will never fail them. I want to, to really bring yeah. them the best in the world. This is why I... I try to come to you because I always try to seek for the best because I want more answers for others, not just for myself. So uh, I'm doing Hebrew and English simultaneously. Do you think this is something that can sabotage it or is it good to do both languages? No, I, I think you can absolutely do it in both languages, man. You can do it in Hebrew and English. And look. You're gonna have people who don't like the fact that you're doing it in Hebrew, and they're gonna leave comments that are negative. Who cares? Just block them, that's what I do. Everybody who listens to me doesn't love me. In fact, I don't want everybody who listens to me to love me. I want them to either love me or hate me. But if they're in the middle, I don't want that. And so do your podcasts, do your live casts in Hebrew and in English because that's what you want to do. And the audience who cares for your message will find you and will share it, share your message. Those who don't like you, they're gonna go away. And if anyone leaves a stupid comment, you're gonna delete them, block them and move on. Yeah, I, I believe it's finding something that you really even like to do and getting into a momentum of doing because we are uh, our habits. If you build up strong enough habits to really walk out and uh, not uh, trying to avoid uh, walking out, I can tell for myself, I always like, when you say walk out or do this, 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 I was starting to like, oh, there is too much to do. But when you start to see that something is coming out of it and more people is uh, reacting to you because one of the human needs is contribution, right? So we all need to do something that beyond ourselves. So when it's a mission, it's something that's bigger than just me, myself. So you're driven, you, you, you want to do it more, even if yeah. you don't have the resource. That's exactly it. And so you nailed it because the, 
momentum is everything. And I, I coach a lot of entrepreneurs, so I always tell them, look, I want you to build entrepreneurial momentum. They go, what do you mean? I go, well, you work out. And they go, yes. I go, do you ever skip a workout? No. I travel, I work out. When I'm home, I work out. It's, it's part of my routine. I go, because you've got momentum. You're getting results, right? They go, yes. I go, well, I want you to do the same thing here. I want you to build entrepreneurial momentum. You can build relational in your relationships. You can just build a better relationship with your, with your spouse or your friends and get stuck in that momentum. But any momentum that we get stuck in, and we certainly can get stuck in the momentum of negative thinking, negative mindset, sitting on the couch, eating bonbons, getting fat and stupid, mm -hmm. right? We can get stuck in that momentum as well. Yes. And so when people get stuck in that momentum, well, that's usually how they begin to fail and get depressed and have a, have a, have a crappy life. And so we have a choice, and the choice that I would always pick is get stuck in the momentum that's going to better me. And that's in business, and that's in relationships, and that's in my health and fitness. Yeah, I have a great example for this because uh, I was never a good uh, bicycle driver. And when I came here, I didn't have much money to buy a car, so I bought a bicycle, and I was really suck at it. So the more I did it, the, at, at first you're always like scared, you always look around and the more you do it, like you said, repetition is the mother of skills, then you automatically doing it without thinking about it, just like with hard work. If you work hard enough and do it with enough repetition, you don't think work, you do work automatically. That's exactly right. And you nailed it, repetition is the mother of skill. Yes. Uh, another question I have for you is uh, where do you see all the digital marketing going in the next five years and uh, what should people focus on when trying to grow their brands because we yeah, all live in a, in a world that everybody is trying to sell you today. Yeah. Well, you're right. Everybody's trying to sell you today and the reason everyone's trying to sell you today is because the barrier to entry has become so low. In other words, everybody can create a YouTube channel, a Facebook page, an Instagram account, a Twitter account, and come to you with a message or a solution. And so where I see, to answer your question, where I see digital marketing or the digital world going is ultimately there's going to be a lot of noise. And when there's a lot of noise, you either have to produce more content, and let me tell you, the world is, is up to their eyeballs in content, mm -hmm. or there has to be something very unique about you. And I think we're going to start seeing more people finding their special skill, their unique ability, and talking about that. For me, it's to be fully transparent where business is concerned. You can find a lot of business coaches and consultants, but you're not going to find many that are fully transparent and authentic, and they tell you about their failures as much as they tell you about their successes. They tell you about their anxiety attacks and as much as they tell you about their the next million dollars that they're going to make. Mm -hmm. And so really digital marketing is going to have to, the noise is getting so big that you have to have this very impressive, unique ability that gets attention, or you have to show people the side of you that most people are afraid to show, which is that, that being vulnerable and being transparent and being authentic, because people want to know, who am I doing business with? They don't care about your brand anymore. They want to know the person behind the brand first before they do business with you. Yes. And... I see many people uh, is over exaggerating with what they put out there. They feel like uh, oh, I have thousands of people, the millions of people. What is your perspective about uh, fake it until you make it? Oh man, I oh, I'm so glad you asked that question. 
he asked me, what is my perspective on fake until you make it? And listen, I don't subscribe to that. I don't subscribe to the mindset of literally lying in your marketing or advertisements or, 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 or even driving a Mercedes. If you can't afford a Mercedes, go drive a Toyota. Just because you can afford the lease on a Mercedes doesn't mean you should be driving that Mercedes. I'd rather you take the excess amount of money and use it to increase your knowledge, your wisdom, your experience, get better marketing and selling skills then try and show like you live in a really nice house, but then we later find out. I mean, we, we see today people are renting mansions and then they're making videos in their mansions that, hey, this is my home and this is what I'm doing and they're renting that car and this car to put in the video. That's, that's bullshit. If you can't buy it, then maybe what you should do is hire mentors and coaches to help you get there before you start faking it as though you are the coach and mentor. But here's what happens. Even though the barrier to entry is, is low right now and anybody can call themselves an expert and compete against you, I want to reassure everybody watching this and listening to this that sooner or later, and it's usually sooner, the truth comes out. You very quickly see that, wow, all this person was was all talk and no action. They're giving me very vague and general advice. There's nothing specific that they're telling me that's going to make me more money or give me more significance or give me a better life. And so I can't tell you how many times I work with clients who go, you know, I hired somebody else. It was a lot of gobbledygook and a lot of lip service, but no real action steps. It's refreshing to work with someone who's got the experience and can, can answer all my questions as they come up. And so just rest assured that if you're good at what you do, sooner or later, the person who's faking it is gonna be exposed and you're gonna be left as the expert in town. Yeah, I, I believe you really need to, to talk in the language of your people, know what they want, not trying to just show off or do stuff just for yourself or trying to be, like you said, uh, significant, is really to try to, to know what the other person, the other side, the people that watching me is, is want. Uh, because when you know what they want, you will always do your best to find the great, the better answer. And then the although quality is important if you do more of uh, you try to to get people not more knowledgeable and you give them a lot of value that they really seek for then you you will become eventually something bigger and it's all a matter of time the more pers i i interviewed before uh, if you know of uh, 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 his name is uh, patrick bedavid you know yeah, I don't, I don't know him personally, but I've heard of him. Yeah, so, so he told me, uh, the more you, you, your vision is bigger for life, the more aggressively you need to be patient. So if you want to achieve big, you need to be really aggressively patient because most of us uh, not that patient. We want everything now, right? In a week, yes. just like with fat loss. Why didn't I lose weight? Uh, it's been two weeks. <laughs> so uh, the more you're patient and really take the time, you eventually get to your goal. This is why I, I, I love uh, all this uh, uh, coaching and uh, with fitness because this is great ana an anal analogy for life. You know what's funny is a lot of people don't realize the similarities between fitness and business. And I when I explain it to them that, you know, you go into the gym, you work out and you work out hard and it hurts and you deal with pain and soreness, but then you keep getting into better shape. And so you go back, you know, the same thing applies where, where 
business is concerned. And you know, you're gonna work hard and you're gonna have successes, which are the equivalent of walking into the gym and hitting a PR, having a good day of lifting and squatting. But some days, you're there, you're working out, you're not getting the pump, you're just not feeling strong, but you're going through the motions. You have that in business as well. Mm -hmm. And going back to what you said, it's a byproduct of just being patient. You go through the motion, some days are good, some days are great, some days are mediocre, but when you're aggressively patient and you keep going through the motion, you will soon enough become successful at it. Yes, and most of us just uh, try to find a way out. We use uh, what happened in our life and we take this as an excuse. I can tell, for example, okay, I came here, somebody stole my camera and I didn't have much to buy a new one. So I could say, okay, I have no camera, so fuck this, let's go back to Israel. Sorry for the word. Uh, so <laughs> so I, I said, okay, I have the iPhone, right? So let's do with iPhone. So it's still, it's still good. It's still informat informative. So if you're resourceful enough, you will find ways to do amazing things. You, you just got to be committed all the way. That's it. You know, it's funny you say this because you said if you're resourceful enough, you'll find a way to get it. And when I go and speak at events, one of my presentations is called The Immigrant Edge. And you obviously being an immigrant just like I am, you understand this. And actually, it's, it's seven pillars for the immigrant edge. And pillar number one is when you don't have the resources, you get resourceful. Most people don't understand that mindset. But like you, you came to this country, you lost your camera or it got stolen. You said, I either go back to Israel or I have to commit to doing these podcasts. And I'm going to have to use my doggone iPhone until I can make enough money to get a better camera. But... Most people give up as soon as they don't have a resource instead of trying to get resourceful and finding a solution. And that, that really is part of that immigrant edge. Yeah, and it's just internal uh, thinking because there are uh, two uh, worlds in our life, internal and external. You can't uh, uh, tell to God what weather is going to be today or our people are going to react to you. But if you know how to trigger this, the mindset, and uh, really, uh, think better in your mindset and tell a different story to yourself, then eventually you will start to grab all the stuff that you want in your life because success uh, attracts success. That's exactly right. Last question because I know we don't have time. So uh, I always like to ask the people that I interview is uh, what is the legacy that you would like to live long after you want to be here in this world? That's a good question. What is the legacy that I want to leave long after I'm gone from this world? And you know, most people think that it might be something big and extravagant. For me, it's not, and that's just me. Uh, just because I'm building a big empire doesn't mean that I want to be remembered forever and ever. I want my kids to know that, hey, I've got a great dad, and my dad taught me how to serve. I want my kids to learn what I did from my father, which was service. To me, that's big. If you can serve people, whether it's serve your church and serve your community and serve your clients that's the biggest thing to me because when we serve we get some some level of fulfillment that we can't buy with money and that's what i want my legacy to be either you know i want my kids to know that i would love to share that with the world of course but it's not about you know i want to have 15 best-selling books or i want to have a brand that everyone's going to know and recognize after i'm gone i don't care about that great so where can we find you 
Best place to find me is on my blog, BedrosKoolian.com, or to find me on social media on Facebook or Instagram at BedrosKoolian. Great stuff, Bedros. I really, really thank you for the time to be here. It was a pleasure to talk with you, and uh, thank you very much. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Good talking to you. Feel free to subscribe to my podcast at iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and at my YouTube channel. Also, feel free to share this podcast on Instagram by tagging the Mind Body Podcast. Do you want to be a part of the Mind Body Podcast? So remember the FAST factor. The FAST factor stands for 1. Facebook. Become a part of the Mind Body Podcast community by joining our Facebook community just by searching on Facebook the Mind Body Podcast community. Number two, act. Don't just be a passive listener. Act upon what you've just learned by applying one simple thing from any episode or interview. Three, subscribe. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or if you're visual like me, then just search the Mind Body Podcast on YouTube. And number four, train others. Because just like I always says, leaders create leaders, and you're all here to grow together. And by training others, you're training yourself. So this is the fast factor. Remember it. Facebook, act, subscribe, and train others. Oh, and please feel free to leave a review which will engage all your VAC senses. And the VAC senses stands for visual, auditory, and kinesthetic, which when you use all the three combined, you remember stuff much better. For more information about my coaching, public speaking, and taking your mind and body to all new levels, check my site at lidodayan.com. Till then, never, ever, Forget to smile. See you soon.